Hello and welcome back to the 90s Galore podcast. I'm your host Andy Zaldivar and once again we are back to profile another great 90s musical artist. Tonight we are delving into the world of 90s hip-hop for a duo that you're probably very familiar with. But before we get started, I want to take the opportunity to thank Ozman78 and Stevo2440 for posting reviews of 90s Galore on Apple Podcasts. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Much appreciated. And if you haven't done so, I invite you to post your review on Apple Podcasts. Tell us how much you like the show. Make a request for a 90s artist you'd like to hear me profile or just provide us some feedback. So we'll be looking out for that. Also, I want to send out some love to our listeners abroad in the United Kingdom, Canada, India, Australia, France, Brazil, Germany, Denmark, and Jamaica. Now that's pretty cool to know that you have listeners as far away as those countries. We thank all of you for tuning in to the 90s Galore podcast out there. Much love to you. And I hope everyone has been doing well since our last show. So let's keep the good times rolling, ladies and gentlemen. Now let's get down to brass tacks and introduce our featured artist for this episode. This duo has won American Music Awards. Grammy Awards, BET Awards, and MTV Video Music Awards. They hail from the great state of Georgia and the great U.S. of A, East Point, Georgia, to be exact, which is a section of the city of Atlanta where Andre Lauren Benjamin, a.k.a. Andre 3000, and Antoine Andre Patton, a.k.a. Big Boy, met in Lenox Square Mall when they were both 16 years old. They both attended Tri-Cities High School and would compete in rap battles at school during lunch. Eventually, they were pursued by local producers known as Organized Noise. Organized Noise, by the way, uh, also produced hits for TLC and Vogue, Ludacris, and Goody Mob. The duo would later sign a deal with LaFace Records in 1992, excuse me, And the rest is history. They became that label's first hip-hop act and soon would appear on the group TLC's remix of their hit record, What About Your Friends? Initially, OutKast wanted to call themselves Two Shades Deep or The Misfits, but those monikers were already taken by other bands. So they thought, what's synonymous with Misfit? And they came up with OutKast. So let's take a look at their discography. Their first single, Player's Ball, was released late in 1993, and I remember I bought the single on cassette and would play it very loud. Let me just say, as I drove to Walmart to go to work, this was in May of 1994. Well, that's a true story, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk about a little bit more about uh, Player's Ball in just a few minutes, but their first album, Southern Playalistic Cadillac Music, was recorded between 1993 and 1994 and finally finally released on April 26, 1994. And by June, it had sold 500,000 copies and it was considered by many to be the one milestone album to open doors for Southern hip hop. It was produced by Organized Noise, which consisted of Ray Murray, Rico Wade, and Sleepy Brown. And it was released on LaFace Records. The album was recorded at The Dungeon, 
which was located in Rico Wade's mom's basement, along with DARP Studios, Doppler Studios, and Bosstown. Bosstown being the, the studio that Outkast bought in 1999 and renamed it Stanconia after their album of the same name. Southern Playalistic Cadillac Music peaks at number 20 on the Billboard 200 and number 3 on the Billboard Top R&B Albums and attains platinum certification by the Recording Industry Association of America. It receives it's received positively by, excuse me, by critics such as Entertainment Weekly, Los Angeles Times, The Source, and Entertainment Weekly stated, quote, It's about time someone told today's weed-obsessed youth to get up, get out, and get something, unquote. Again, I want to emphasize how important this album is. Because at the time, hip-hop was, was being dominated by the East and West Coast artists. And the Southern hip-hop scene was nowhere near what it has become today. So Outkast truly paved the way with this seminal album. So you have to give credit where credit is due, right, ladies and gentlemen? Now, I was talking about Player's Ball a little earlier. and It was released on November 19, 1993, released to promote Southern Playalistic Cadillac Music, which, by the way, you got to love that title, Southern Playalistic Cadillac Music. And I remember as a teenager, when this first came out, I honestly could not read what, what that was. <laughs> I was just young, dumb. Anyways... Player's Ball peaks at number 37 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and number 12 on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart. It ends up being the highest charting single from their debut album. And here's a little nugget for you. The video was directed by Sean Puffy Combs. Like I mentioned earlier, I bought the single on cassette and I remember I absolutely fell in love with Player's Ball. It was just a different sound. It was uh, that southern style hip hop that I wasn't too familiar with, but I definitely grew fond of, needless to say. Following Player's Ball was the second release, which was the title track, Southern Playalistic Cadillac Music, released on June 20th, 1994. It wasn't as strong commercially as Player's Ball, peaking at number 74 on the US Billboard Hot 100. And at number 41 on the Billboard Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart. The third and final single that was released from this album was Get Up, Get Out. Spelled G-I-T, not G-E-T. Definitely one of my favorite tunes from the album. Get Up, Get Out was released on November 7th, 1994. And it featured CeeLo and Big Gip from Goody Mob. Another southern, southern hip hop group out of Atlanta, Georgia. The song peaks at number 59 on the Billboard Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs Chart. And Outkast definitely broke through with this album. Like I said before, it truly elevated the Atlanta hip hop scene to new heights and opened more doors for the other aspiring hip hop artists coming out of the South. At the Source Awards in 1995, they received an award for Best Newcomers and apparently were booed by the audience as they said their acceptance speeches. This was definitely a show of disrespect, right? But supposedly, people just didn't want to give the South the respect that it was due. At the time, again, the hip-hop scene was dominated by East and West Coast rappers, not to mention the rivalry that was brewing between the two coasts, highlighted by Death Row Records and Bad Boy Records, Tupac and Biggie Smalls, respectively. 
And following the success of Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music and upon returning from touring in support of that album, they get back in the studio to record their sophomore effort. Modifying their images somewhat, as well as going through personal changes. For example, Big Boy's girlfriend gave birth to their first child, and Andre 3000 became a vegetarian and quit smoking marijuana. AT Aliens is finally released on uh, August of 27th of 1996. Again, organized noise produces, along with Mr. DJ, and for the first time, Outcast joins as producers. It debuts at number two on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart, and it sells nearly 350,000 copies in its first two weeks of being released, and peaks at number one on the Billboard Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart, and it's actually certified multi-platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America. This album just exploded onto the scene. It was definitely highly anticipated before its release, and Outkast definitely did not disappoint. I remember the CD case came with a uh, multi-page fold-out of a comic strip featuring Big Boy and Andre 3000 as the protagonists versus the villain named Nasamuli. And if you ever get a chance to cop that CD, check it out. Very, very cool. Now, critically, the album has received very well. The Atlantic Journal-Constitution stated, quote, what the second album lacks in adventurous arrangements, it more than makes up for in lyrical dominance, unquote. And the Washington Post stated that, quote, the raps are generally inventive, clever without being cloying, more proof that hip-hop innovation is more than just an east-west thing. AT Aliens spawns three singles. The first was Elevators, Me and You, Released on July 9th, 1996, it peaks at number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number one on the Billboard Hip Hop Rap Tracks chart, and it's been certified gold, having sold over 700,000 copies. Elevators was also written and produced by Outkast, and I want to say that the track is so unique. It totally embodies the, the outer space, extraterrestrial motif of the album. Definitely check this song out if you have not. You won't be disappointed. Elevators, Me and You was followed by the release of the single AT Aliens, the title track. It too was produced by Outkast. Not as strong commercially as Elevators, peaking at number 35 on the Billboard Hot 100 and at number 23 on the Billboard Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart. The song rocks though, I don't care what anybody says. Especially if you enjoy heavy bass in your music, then you'll definitely appreciate the record, AT Aliens. The third and final single released from the album AT Aliens is Jazzy Bell. Released on December 1996, it peaked at number 52 on the Billboard Hot 100. And supposedly Big Boy did not like the production for this song. Thus, he didn't care to release it as a single. So apparently Andre 3000 had to quote, talk some sense into him. Ultimately, Big Boy went forward with it, obviously. And this was mentioned in uh, an interview they did in 1999. So AT Aliens obviously put Outkast in a different category. They were now considered heavy hitters with the major success of the album. And in 1998, the Source magazine named the album to its 
100 best albums, excuse me, 100 best rap albums list, and Hip Hop Connection ranked it number six on their list of the 100 greatest rap albums from 1995 to 2005. This leads us to their third album of the 90s by the name of Aquemini. Aquemini was released on September 28th, excuse me, September 29th, 1998. Again on LaFace Records, like its predecessors. The title is a combination of the big boy's Zodiac sign of Aquarius and Andre 3000's Gemini. The correct term for that, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is a portmanteau. I actually just learned that while doing the research for this episode. Anyways, Organized no- Noise, again, produces, along with Outkast and Mr. DJ, it peaks at number two on both Billboard 200 and Top R&B Hip Hop ch- charts, respectively. It becomes certified platinum in November of 1998, only two months after its release, and achieves multi-platinum certification on July 2nd, 1999, just two months shy of its one-year anniversary of being released. So, as you can tell, this album did not disappoint commercially as well as critically. As a matter of fact, it received rave reviews from various publications. For one, Rolling Stone magazine named it, or named Equemini, number 500 to its 500 greatest albums of all time list. Not bad. And by the way, I'd like to mention that the success of AT Aliens gave Outkast more artistic freedom on Equemini. They brought in musicians that played everything from funk to rock. And producer Neil Pog, or Pogue, I I hope I'm not mispronouncing that, uh, was quoted as saying that there were so many musicians leaving and entering the studio during recording sessions that he likened it to Motown recording sessions. Very cool. So like I was saying in regards to the critical success of the album... A publication by the name of Paste, that's P-A-S-T-E, which by the way is an online monthly music and entertainment digital magazine, called the album, and I quote, the best Atlanta hip-hop album of all time, unquote. All Music called it a stroke of brilliance, and additionally, I really like what Rolling Stone magazine had to say about Equemini, and I quote, Outcast proved that you don't have to sell out to sell records. So I think you get the point. Outkast outdid themselves with this album. And I think it's quite a feat. Considering just how good AT Aliens is. Um, unbelievable. So let's get into the singles from the album. Rosa Parks was released on October 6th, 1998. And was named after the civil rights activist Rosa Parks. Who consequently sued Outkast over the song. The lawsuit alleged... That the song, quote, misappropriated Parks' name and that she objected to some of the song's vulgar language, unquote. Ultimately, they settled out of court over an, undis- uh, excuse me, over an undisclosed cash settlement in 2005, just six months before Rosa Parks passed away. So the single peaks at number 19 on the Billboard Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs Chart. And it gets nominated for a Grammy in the category of Best Rap Performance by a Duo or Group in 1999. Rosa Parks is succeeded by the single Skew It on the Barbie, which failed to chart on the Billboard Hot 100. But it does feature Raekwon 
of Wu-Tang Clan fame. You may have heard of him. The third and final single spawned by Aquemini is The Art of Storytelling Part 1, which featured Slick Rick, released on May 25th, 1999. The album version of this track does not feature Slick Rick's verse. Only the single does. Slick Rick also released his album of the same name, The Art of Storytelling, on the same day. So it's not to be confused with the song. It failed to chart on the Billboard Hot 100, although it did chart on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart, uh, peaking at number 67. So, needless to say, Outkast was extremely successful in the decade of the 90s. They went on to win the bulk of their awards on subsequent albums, which they released mainly um, in the 2000s. Uh, Andre 3000 and Big Boy also got into acting, landing various roles in several movies. Um, they definitely put Atlanta on the map in the 90s. If and if it wasn't for there, I mean, if it wasn't there already, they definitely did. Um, heavy hitters, to say the least, uh, in the hip-hop game, without a doubt. I mean, what else can I say about these guys? Super successful. Legends in their own right. And... Um, you know, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for Outcast and this edition of the 90s Galore podcast. But before I go, I'd like to quickly thank you for listening in again. And whether you're on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, or Pocket Casts, we're glad you joined us tonight. And don't forget to write me a review on Apple Podcasts again. I want to remind you, as well as hitting me up on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. Hit me up at YDNAFLO90. Again, that's YDNAF as in Flores LO90. I'm looking forward to hearing from you, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you're at in the world. So until we tune in next time, we'll take another trip to the 90s galore. And I'm your host, Andy Zaldivar, signing off. So take it easy.